welcome to the Camp Vibes podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Christian, and I'm a little under the weather. <clears throat> I have a uh, sinus infection, um, which means my teeth hurt, apparently. So I got a great guest today. Uh, I don't know if I've ever had a very long conversation with you, um, but uh, I definitely know both your daughters and your son a little bit, and I'm here with Danny Wallen. Danny, how are you? Uh, <coughs> I'm not dealing with the sinus infection, but happy to be here. Oh, man. Already with the rib, huh? <laughs> we were talking earlier. This is not your first podcast, huh? This is not my first podcast. No, I'm pretty much with the originators of the podcast genre. Oh, yeah? You're, you're one of the hip people, huh? No, just making that up. <laughs> um, so... I don't even know, gosh, I probably knew about you before I knew your, your children. Nice. Um, cause somehow you worked with my brother-in-law or you know my brother-in-law. Yeah. Okay. What's the connection there? So, uh, you're talking about Rob. Rob Rhodes. Yeah. Rob Rhodes. So Rob was in the junior high group at Oakland Covenant when ah. I worked there in the eighties as an intern with a high school ministry. So he wasn't even there, but he was kind of a squirrely little you you'd notice rob he has oh, kind yeah? of a deviant look you know? <laughs> I, I know he listens so i'll make sure that <laughs> Good. he well he's he knows exactly that what i'm saying is true and he hopes that i say all of it that's funny so so yeah i kind of want to get into this because you are a camp guy yeah but you're also like a church ministry guy yeah you somehow have seemed to cross the borders multiple times back and forth yes um so talk to me a little bit about about you, uh, with regards to that, no, just like let's start back from the beginning. When did where'd you grow up? All of the above. Yeah, so I grew up. I've spent half my life in Northern California, half in Southern California. So, as born in Southern California, and then in grade school moved up to Northern California. What do you like better? Uh, I love them both. Yeah, and I get tired of them both. I, I live about ten years in each one. After okay. about ten years in SoCal, I get sick of the traffic and way yeah. too many people. After about 10 years in NorCal, I get sick of the rain and it's yes, too cold. It is too cold. So I, but I love them both. Yeah. Which surf is better? Uh, summer surf's way better down there and okay. winter surf is way better up here. Oh man. So that's... Yeah. Now, this is totally random, but you have a son who mountain bikes? Yeah. Where does, where does he like to live more? That's a, He probably likes Northern California better. It's a little hotter and dustier down there for biking. But, okay. Um, but I know like Southern Cal is good mountain biking, right? There's really good mountain biking down yeah, there. Yeah. It's just okay. prettier here. Yeah, all right. I mean, there's just no way around that. I agree. So started in Southern California. Yep, and then moved up north and went to, you know, junior high and high school up there. And um, was a small town called Ukiah. I know Ukiah. Yeah, didn't really want to stay there. Yeah. Was ready to get out and go to college. So I went to college down at Biola. Actually, probably would have gone to Westmont, but my brother was there, my older brother, and so I didn't Didn't want to go. No, didn't need to. So that's where the Westmont connection is because two of your kids went to Westmont. Yeah. Okay. So they, uh, yeah, it was through my brother. And the, actually the cross country coach, I ran cross country at Biola. He remembered me and I didn't even go to his college. I was like so impressed with coach Smelly. That's his name. Coach yeah. Smelly, huh? Russell Smelly. Is he still there? Yes. Legend. Wow. So happy to send my girls to him. Me and, uh, could have been Sierra or Summer. We had this conversation where I said, what sport should I get my young daughter into? <laughs> and they both were like cross country. Oh. It's the ultimate, what did they say? It's like the ultimate individual and team sport. Yeah. Um, and it's like, 
Have you ever heard a bad story about a cross country player? You know, there's a oh bad person. Yeah, no. You know, like those get weeded out day one. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing in the news of like no. cross country runner. <laughs> <laughs> that is really funny. Yeah. So so yeah. that's what my hope would be to keep my daughter Sage out of harm's way and yeah. nice. But hey, just get involved in the cross country. That's right. It is tough. It's a tough. I almost felt bad when they first started doing it. I'm like, oh, if they knew the pain in front of them. Oh yeah, they didn't know I bet, huh? No, and they were good at it too, which makes it harder to quit. So, I would like to say though, they went to high school in in SLV, right? Uh, both in San Clemente and SLV, which had both. They've both won the state meet cross country, so they're both great programs for running. I feel like I would be into running if I got to run through the yeah. mountains of Felton's. So, yeah, yeah, beautiful. Yeah, so that's okay. I didn't. I didn't even realize you were a cross country guy. Yeah. Okay. Most cross-country people, not surfers. I'm just going out on a limb there. You're exactly right. Okay, so you kind of transcended that. No, it it was my brother. My older brother was a really great skateboarder, and we didn't have surfing up in Ukiah, you know, once a 10 years, and it's freezing up there. Right. And so he kind of set that pace where it was like he was a steady in contrast, and I kind of followed in his footsteps of like, yeah, you can run and also have a little bit of coolness to you. Sure, yeah. (laughs) And so, yeah, I've always done those kinds of things where if you can, you can appreciate the different things that are there. Yeah. 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 So you, you're at Biola. Yep. Thinking about ministry, I'm assuming. No, no. Right. I went to Biola as a Christian college. My parents wanted me to go to Christian college at least one year. So I did that. And then, uh, I, I'd grown up kind of going to Mount Hermon family camp. So I, okay. I applied to work there as a camp counselor. And so they hired me as a bus boy. Perfect. <laughs> And, and it was good because I wasn't ready to be a camp counselor. I was just more of a, more of a screw off, you know, and happy to be in Santa Cruz. That would be fun. And so it was good hard work. I'm glad you accepted the job. I did. Because I'm too. I get people that apply for counselor and I, I say, yeah, not ready yet. Yeah. But you can work in the kitchen. Yeah. And they get very offended by that. Yeah. Now I, 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 that was the truth. Okay. And it was great. And I learned a lot of things there. I, had, I mean, it was fun working in the kitchen. It was hard work when you did it, but you got totally. to go surf and go playing the Redwoods, all that stuff. So yeah. that was great. And then, um, so that was a biology major going to be a high school biology teacher is what I thought. And, and it was a hard major, but, um, then the couple summers later I came back as a camp counselor, but at the high school camp and absolutely fell in love with it. I thought, uh Oh, this is what God's made me to do. It's just, that pondy, right? yeah, that okay. pondy. So I was teaching Bible studies, you know, fumbling my way through that, but could tell like, wow, I, I know how to teach people the Bible right? and not like amazing, but I, I liked doing it. Yeah. And then I, I love to play. I, I mean, I was teaching kids how to surf. We're playing soccer. We're hiking all those games. And so it was like, I don't know if I could find a better fit right? than this. And so that's why I stopped. I'm not going to be a high school biology teacher. I'll look into ministry. And then after college, that's when I worked at Oakland Covenant and, okay. and first laid my eyes on Rob Rhodes. <laughs> so was that like, did you work with Danny Fiddleson back then or no. he was way later? No, yeah, he's way later. Okay. Um, you, but you were there like back when it was like Oakland Cub, like the Dave Hicks era? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. You were yeah. back then. Dude, he's legendary around there. He, and he should be. And Jeff Mazzarella was the college pastor. and Yes. So we had... Uh, it was really, it was really formative, really good. They they did excellent ministry too. I mean, I really learned how to do things, and the, and the, I really like the town. It's multi racial, right. multi generational church. It was that kind of stuff, and that was a really good. So you were volunteering essentially under Dave at the time. I was an intern, paid intern. Oh wow, yeah. that's great. Yeah, for a year, and it was like, okay, I love camping, but maybe I should be in the church. 
um, didn't know the difference between the two. And then actually after that year, which I loved, said camping's the deal for me. Okay. So I went then from then on, went to seminary with the aim of working at camp. Wait, which seminary did you go to? Talbot Seminary. It's part of Biola. I just, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, totally. Got in there easy and quick. <clears throat> so that you went from, you started in so- SoCal, back to NorCal. Down yes. Back to SoCal. Yes, a little ping pong. All right. And then, yeah, finished my, my time at uh, Talbot. And while I was there, you had to be an intern, and I would work at camps. Okay. So I'd drive up to Big Bear at Pine Summit. I worked at Alpine Conference Center a different year. And they actually really helped my resume because people usually, like, want to work at camps, but they haven't done it in the winter. They just do oh, it in the summer. Yeah, yeah. And they, you know, with me. And then I also interned at Mount Hermon, and, and I love the wintertime. It's very yeah. different, very different. But... um it really helped them when I, they hired me say, okay, he knows what working the winter is like because it's wildly yeah. different. Which is summer. like a lot of summer staff listen to this. Yeah. They have no idea what the winters are like no. here. You Crazy. Know, they just assume it's, it's, the, it's just like the magic of summer. No, no. There's and, magic. But <laughs> yeah, it's much different. It's more like black magic. It's yeah, dark it's, and it's, rainy and cold. I lived up at Camp Hammer during two winters Ooh. and it was like... First of all, nobody lives up there. No. You know, there's only like 10 people that are up there. Yeah. And it's just like, if everyone's gone, it is brutal, man. Yeah. Um, the smaller camp winters are much worse than the large yeah. camp. Well, I didn't even, I, they offered me, you're talking about being an intern at Mount Hermon, and I wouldn't do it until I was married. I'm like, I don't <laughs> want to live here. Yeah. I want community. I want to be with my friends. And so I, totally. and you know, now those places have tons of interns. It was like three interns for the whole oh, place. Right. And way back when. Huh? Yeah. It was, it was a whole different deal. Because so, of, of the isolation. Yeah. So at some point, you make this leap from being just this guy hopping between seminary and internships and all the above to figure it out, something full-time somewhere, right? Yeah. What yeah. was that? That When I was an intern at Mount Hermon, they offered me the position to direct Ponderosa. So, so was, the director of – was it just the Pawnee director back then? Yeah, it was whatever was going on at Pawnee. So all summer, I'm running high school camps. And then in the winter, I was in charge of the men's conferences and singles conferences and leadership conferences. And, and okay. I ran the intern program. It was pretty busy. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm wondering, this would be what, – what years were you at Pawnee? My brother went to Pawnee. I uh, started working there as a summer staffer in 87, and then I worked there in 90, and then starting 93 from then through 2000. So I'm like the 80s and 90s. Huh. My brother may have gone to Pondy while you were there. Did you ever work with a guy named Joe Biggs? Oh, yeah. You know, know Joe Biggs? Quite well. Okay. Crazy. Yeah, Joe was, uh, he worked at FBC yep, where Davis. my brother and I grew up. And they would send kids oh, yeah. to Pawnee. My brother has such fond memories there. He was, his proudest moment was he did the Chris Farley, like, van down by the river sketch. <laughs> and, like, I mean, he practiced it before he of course. went to camp, you know? <laughs> One of those guys, he brought he brought his uniform. Oh, totally, man. <laughs> That's crazy. So, did you guys do camp names? No. No, okay. No, no. Why Why am I thinking Rob had some name like one dude or something Well, like that. that's a good question. So Rob worked, um, it was one of the things I would always tell him, he would work at day camp down at the family camp. Okay. I'm like, dude, you got to work up at Pondy. It's the thing. It's way better. No, no, no. And, and day camp's great. He loved it. But, you know, I knew him from Oakland Covenant. I'm like, you got to come see the light. And, <laughs> and then he eventually did. I, th- I don't know if he still went by one dude up there or whatever. It's just kind of who he is. Yeah. And then... Uh, of course, he had an amazing time and was grateful and yes, yes, had a great time at Pondy. 
uh, Tyler, who worked for you for a little bit, he remembered Rob as one dude at, so, from Epic Pondy. I think at Pondy, Pondy. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so how long were you at Pondy then? Oh, I don't know, like seven summers, and then I worked full time about seven years, and then I came here wow. to Mission Springs. Full time there, so man, there to Mission Springs, and what'd you do here? The same thing you're doing, program director. You did the program director yeah, job, huh? Just before Dave Natari. Okay. Yeah, he was the frontier guy, and I was the program director here, and ran and, Wild Oak, and then also. Oh, you stuff. ran Wild Oak, the yeah. old high school camp. Yeah. Crazy. So, what was like your role as a program director? Same, was, same concept. As what? Like you, you know, run all the kind of sponsored events. Yeah, run the sponsored events here at the flats, and right. and that was um, it was kind of like running the the winter camps I did at Ponderosa. Because the summer down here is not like a summer at Frontier or something no, like no, that. No, it's no, very yeah. different. Except I ran Wild Oak, which was um, it was only like thirty something kids, but it was almost as much work as running a two hundred kid camp. Because there was a lot of offsite activities, right? Yeah, yeah. It blew me away. I'm like, oh, I can run that with my hand, with my eyes closed and a hand tied behind my back, <laughs> and do all the program director stuff. And it was tough. And we hired um, Bianca to run oh, Wild okay, Oak because cool. she did such a great job and just. Did a way better job than what I was doing with it. It's a great camp, though. Totally. Yeah, I loved it. So were you there in, like, the early stages of Wild Oak then? Uh, maybe. I think it had been going, like, two or three years or something. Oh, cool. Yeah. What What made you swap swap camps? Good um, Good question. I got a, um, a new is, boss. Is, unless you're not willing to. It's uh, a little spicy. Oh. <laughs> I got a new <laughs> boss over at Mount Hermon and uh, didn't see eye to eye in philosophy or values or different wasn't things. Wasn't clicking. No. And it wasn't terrible. But it was like, mm, this is, I just kind of foresaw the future as it would just get worse. Okay. And so, it, you know, an opportunity, I wanted to be program director either at Mount Hermon. And so Brian Hayes was over here and he invited me to apply for the role. And Was he the director at the time? Did he just step I think he role? just became it. Yeah. He wasn't here very long before they made him director. He was here right, like yeah. less than a year, I think. And you guys just knew each other from Mount Hermon. Yeah. We'd known each other for many years. Okay. Mountain bike surf crew. So Yeah. He's also a runner, so I yeah. yeah. I first met Brian though from playing frisbee. He's really good at frisbee. Like uh, not disc golf. Okay. He's not bad at disc golf, but like just like ultimate playing frisbee. catch. Oh, really? Yeah, like spinning it on your finger. Oh man! Listen, hey, you got to go back to the seventies. Wasn't a lot to do back then. Huh? No, you wore cut off jeans and and played frisbee on Spun the beach, looking on cool. Your finger. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Is that what all that you made all the campers do back in the day at Pondy? No. <laughs> I can't. I don't think they were in a frisbee. <laughs> I remember like ultimate frisbee was. Yeah, that's back. pretty fun. That was like the after church thing to do. Yeah. Um, okay, so make the swap. But you you are you weren't here for very long. No, I was here for two and a half three years. I, did you have kids at this point? Oh yeah, we okay. had we had our, our kids were all born in Santa Cruz. We're at Pondy, and then they came here, and they were, you know, this is where Isaac learned to ride a bike, which is his. Deal now. Him and Joe Van Pikeren, yep. riding down cliffs. Um, they were doing that stuff at like four or five years old. Okay, Crazy. was Van Pikeren living here when you guys were here? Oh yeah. Oh cool. Yeah, it was quite a beehive down there by Stumpy. Where did you live? What house were you? Three seventy nine. That's the. I don't know what house. They, like Tim Erickson lived there for a while. Oh, okay, the Tabernacle. James yeah. lives there now. Oh, oh, he does. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to talk to him about that. Yeah, it was drafty house. It was it's freezing. Still very, it's still freezing. <laughs> uh, his mother-in-law fell down the stairs. Oh my uh, gosh! Yeah, they're they're sketchy. But uh, you I know. think that thing. I talked to the you know the oldest lady at Mission Springs ever. 
Yeah, she yeah. just recently passed away. It used to be their cabin. Yeah, and it, they, she said at first it was just a like a deck, not totally. even a cabin. And yeah, and then they built you know just add on add on. It's it's it, almost like a Winchester mystery house deal. At certain spots, the house definitely feels like it is going to fall over in a big, big windstorm. So. Yeah, it wasn't the best place to live. I'll just say that. That is too funny. Okay, so you live there. I, I heard this story. It may have probably been after you, but this guy like lived there probably after you, and he had like this giant iguana den in the house. And a den? <laughs> he like turned one of the rooms into like an iguana hut or something oh. like that. I don't know. The stories I, I hear. I like, don't do. doubt it. Um, okay, so not not too long here, and then Dave stepped into that role, yeah. obviously after you. Yeah, um, where'd you go from there? Then Is this we the would... leap from camp to church ministry. No, still parachurch. Oh, okay, so yeah. I worked for the ministry that helped. Uh, I, I always get pulled into, I say, to men's ministry. Uh, I'm not a big fan of raw, raw. We're men. We gotta. I don't know. I'm just oh, not no. thrilled by it. But I I get called to speak at men's retreats all the time and do men's stuff, and I I love, you know serving or ministering to men because it's just like having a cabin full of high school guys. They just got older. Totally. So, so that part I'm totally in for, but quick story the- really quick. You know, Dan Kimball, right? Yeah. Dan Kimball spoke at our men's retreat last year and he is, you know, everyone was just cheering. They're like, yeah, all right, Dan. And he gets up there and he's like, Hey, I've been a pastor for, I don't know, you know, 25 yeah. years or whatever. He's like, this is my first men's conference. Oh my and, gosh. And just everyone was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> So crazy. Some people just aren't as into it. Yeah, know, so. I just don't know. It, I mean, I I like doing it, totally. but I don't like the idea of it. Totally. I, I don't even know why. I can't verbalize I get, it. I but, get it. I get it. But the men's conference here is awesome, though. It's great. The one that's been going the last few years. I'm, yeah. like, so impressed, and so, I maybe would even go to it. I don't know. Hey, man. <laughs> you can hang with me. All right? <laughs> that's good. Um, so you somehow got invited to do some men's conferences. Yep. And, and so, oh, I was doing men's ministry with this organization that was connected to Saddleback Church. So okay. that's why we moved to San Clemente. I did that for two or three years, and then it kind of shrunk, and I lost my job. That was tough. And and then uh, then after that, I was kind of like out of work for a while, and then we started our own ministry. And Mount Hermon actually became one of my clients that I'd go up there for the summer. What was stuff. that ministry? It was called Soul Praxis, and it was just basically to, you know, I look back over the years what I'd done and what I loved doing, and it was for um, developing, training, and caring for Christian leaders. So it was like I trained summer staff at camps. I mentor younger, you know, emerging <coughs> leaders. And then, I'm pretty sure. Did you do this right before you got the job at Rock Harbor? Uh, sort of, yes. Um, Rob totally told me at one point I was just going through some stuff as a new pastor. And yeah. He, I swear he gave me your number. Yeah. He would like, call he, this guy. Yeah. He would. And people would do that. And yeah. I just love doing it. And he, yeah, he would know that really well what I was doing. And, and so, yeah, sometimes I just get together with someone that's either struggling or they're trying to figure out where they're going. And I've made a bunch of those mistakes and some of those discoveries and love doing that. Wow. You still uh, get to do that every once oh, in a while? Oh, yeah. No, I've always done it, whatever yeah. job I have. At that point, it was just like, let's formalize this and make this your actual title. Still do it. Still Crazy. love doing it. That was know. all down south. Uh, yeah, I do it all over the place. But yeah, largely was down south is when I think, you know, had a nonprofit, that kind of thing. That's great. Yeah, I feel like when I was a pastor, like, thank goodness for, like, counseling. Yeah. Like, I found a counselor, but it's just... Yeah. It's like weird to complain to like other pastors or whatever, and or even like your own people you work with. Yep. There's this weird nature of ministry, and you get 
it's like psychological and your identity is kind of wrapped up in there a little yeah, bit. Who you so. are is what you do. Totally. It's, it's kind of weird. It's a weird thing, man. <laughs> I'm still like, but it's great. Yeah. It's all it is, good. But it's hard. Totally. Yeah. So, and I studied that I did along the way. So when I was down in San Clemente a little bit, I started here actually when I was at mission Springs, I did a doctorate through Fuller. Oh, cool. A doctor of ministry degree. And it was, that was what you did Jonah, right? Yeah. That was one of my classes. It was study biblical characters for leadership principles. And so, um, but I love, um, I love to learn, but I'm kind of lazy. Like I don't just, I, I find I have a pile of books and, oh, did you read this book? I'm like, oh, that sounds great. And then I don't read it. You know, right. I read like a few pages. And so I ultimately, I said, I need to learn. I need to keep learning. So I signed up for this degree program. My first two initials are DR. So I'm like, I gotta be a doctor. So right, I followed through on that predestination and, and it was a degree, so it, it lights a fire under you, and you have to do the work. And it yep. was an amazing program. Studied the stuff that I was kind of doing already, that leadership development piece. And so I studied leadership development there. How does it work? And how does God shape a leader for a lifetime? All that stuff. Absolutely loved it. Transformed me. Helped me a ton. And then and it just gave me more tools. And, right. and like I never even used to speak. I'm terrified to get up front. And ever since doing that degree, it's just like forced me to do more and more. Like as a camp director, I would never have been the speaker. Right. And now I like, I'm every time I get asked to speak all the time. I'm like, I'm not that good of a speaker, but I mean, I'm pretty talented. I'm, I'm, I'm doing my best, but, but it's like, well, when you have good things to say, when you've lived your life out that way, you're willing to put in the hard work to do the study. And then you, you know, I have had to work on the process of actually communicating. There's right. a, a skill to it that some people have it naturally. I don't, but, um, but you, uh, we're working on it. We're, we're at a 60s plus conference right now. Yes. You're the speaker for it. And what someone 60 told, years and older, not 60 years and not older. 60 plus people. <laughs> yes. And, uh, I overheard somebody the first night and you talked to me about it. Someone was like, you need to talk longer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They said, it, well, you guys from mission Springs sent me an email that says, okay, you're going to be talking 40 minutes a night. And I, and totally. I, I emailed back. I'm like, no, I I'll give you 30. It's the tops I can do. Totally. And uh, I just don't keep talking. I mean, like the youth pastor in me is like 25 minutes max. Yeah, yeah. But these people, they want that. Yeah, they came up to me and said, hey, well, you got to talk longer. So I gave them, what did you say? I, well, I the, second, the second night you did 50 minutes. 50 minutes. That's got to be a record for but me. But you added some stories in there. So yeah, you let know, it breathe a little bit. Yeah, you got to let it breathe. I, I was, I'm noticing like... I'm kind of a critic of all speakers, so we just get so many coming yes. in here and in the summer and yeah. all the above. One thing I noticed is like... So, you know, Renee Schlepfer, right? Yeah. So when he speaks, he, he obviously it's, it's almost like kind of this wave and he's, he's going to start you here and he's going to, he's going to bring you here. Like, right. uh, and he's, he, he'll does voice inflections. He'll kind of bring you up and then bring you down yeah. and bring you up and bring you down. And, and Danny, you speak more like, like, here's my message. My voice <laughs> is not going to be raised or lowered, you know, like, the, and God said, you know, like you, it's not a monotone. It's like, he's just like soothing. Oh, nice. Does, do people ever tell you that? No. No. All right. No. It's a good thing. Oh, that's good. Yeah. People say, oh, I like listening to you or something. I said, well, like I, we went last night, I taught last night in yeah. the car driving home with Maria and she's like, you did so great. And she was kind of raving which the wife's supposed to do that's right what they're supposed to do. but i'm like you know come on cut cut to the she's like no i'm like i really can't tell you if i did a good job or not and that's it's probably a good thing because if i do lousy i don't really care and if i do great i don't know it that's and the so, humility it's i don't know humble. but but i just yeah i just take the passage and what's god saying and what do we need to hear and then i do my best to teach it and 
and great. Hey man, if your wife won't critique you, I'll, I'll definitely start <laughs> Please do. Yeah, right. No, it's great, man. It's been yeah. good. Oh, so, good. uh, kind of back to the storyline here. You, uh, you kind of do this soul care. Yeah. Um, which eventually turns into being a pastor. No, not yet. Okay. So then, um, I got a call from Mount Hermon. They wanted to hire me full time. So I've been going up there for a summer, just kind of as, as one of my clients and they wanted, they, um, wanted me to be the program director there of the camps in Santa Cruz, just the like Redwood camp and family camp and high school camp. And I'm like, I'd love to do that. I, I dreamt of doing that job in the future. So they gave me that job, moved my whole family up there. And then in a few months they fired me. And it was probably one of the worst things. I was talking about it last night, but I didn't say okay. the place. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> um, and it was one of the most devastating things for my family. For me personally, it was just so hurtful. And we had made a commitment. We rented our house in San Clemente for a couple of years and made a commitment to stay there at Mount Hermon for five years. And then they said, you know, this isn't working. We have to cut our staff. And since you were just hired, we're going to... But you go. Sorry, guy. So terrible. And so we had nowhere to move. We were like, we have nowhere to live. And so they let us stay in the staff house for a little bit longer. And, and it just really cut to the core of me. I didn't, I'm like, I don't know what to do. I, I didn't, my heart was sad. I didn't feel like doing ministry. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know what to do. Right after you just spent several years caring for other people's yeah. soul. Oh, all of a sudden you needed something. It was so, yes, I did. It's so terrible. And, um, that sounds awful. It, it's, I, it's I, worse than it sounds. <laughs> I, I would venture to say, like, through years of counseling, I essentially got fired from Twin Lakes, mm. and, it, and I was 19, mm. 20, and it was, like, the most world-shattering thing at 20. Yeah. I wasn't married yet. I had no kids. Yeah. Um, you were married, and you had, like, almost teenagers, probably. Yeah. Oh, they were, they were in high school. Crazy. Yeah, no, that, Sorry, that was the worst. I mean, it was hurt on my identity and me personally at the job, but I could stomach it. But it was really hard on Maria to see her husband treated like that. And then our kids, that's the part I still can't really make peace with, that it just really affected our kids. It's not fair. And Yeah. Um, they've, you know, great things have come out of it, but there's still some wounds there, scars that they'll always have that yep. not inflicted by people trying to hurt our family, but I oh. think they made some bad choices that really affected our family. And Yeah. So it makes me a more compassionate pastor, makes me, Definitely. you know, a softer hearted person, keeps my pride in check, all those yes. things. And so what, what the cool thing about this story is that, um, we didn't have anything to know what to do. And a camp called me up that I still do their staff training. I go down there at the start of June, um, each year they just, I just got a text yesterday. And so they said, Hey, come, we have a house at camp. You can just live there all summer. We know you don't have a place to live or what, what to do. What camp is this? Uh, it's called Pondo or Ponderosa Pines. Ponderosa Pines, yes. Yeah. And a great, great camp. It's actually a lot like Frontier and like Ponderosa. It's, they hire their own counselors and train them. And cool, it's, cool. It's such a great camp, and it's always packed full of kids. And So, yeah, they, I didn't even have to have a job. They said, just come live here and be, wow. be Danny Wallen was my title. I'm like, well, Danny Wallen's really sad. <laughs> Hope yeah. that's okay. So it was like a real rescue. And then by the end of that summer, I was ready to jump back in. And I got hired at Rock Harbor at that point okay. to serve there. Because uh, you knew Darren, right? Waters or what's the No, I didn't to? know him. He we, he got hired like the same week I did. Yeah, I mean, okay. I knew of him from Hume Lake and stuff like that and everybody ducked. But we didn't know each other. And then I think I might have been his boss at, oh, really? at Rock Harbor. Yeah, they kind of put me. He's a little bit of a freestyler, you know? Yeah, sure. So they're like, why don't you guys be in the office together? And Danny, you keep your eye on him. <laughs> Hey, there you go, you know? So you, I had so much fun with him. Oh, man. I, it's funny, like, 
we have all these like cross paths or whatever. Yeah. I knew a couple people that worked. Like, did you work with Tyler Honey? He he he's did really good. Like graphics and stuff. Yeah, yeah Tyler's great. And I think my friend Ilana also did graphics there. Yep. Um, but just and then Bachman as well. Yep. You just knew so many people that I yep. knew. There was this connection. There were a lot of great people there. Totally. Still are a lot of great people did there. Did you, what was your role there? Uh, were you like kind of young adults? No. No? No. I was, so that's, so since Oakland Covenant, that's my first back into church ministry was at Rock Harbor. Man. And when I'm interviewing there, they're like, this isn't like a regular church. And, and it was like camp. And I'm like, I will be fine. They're like, you don't wear Dockers here on Thursday. I'm like, I don't wear Dockers ever. Yeah. <laughs> Although now I do on Sundays when I preach. I'm yeah. like, I wear the tan, step it up. tan khakis. Yeah, Anyways. I saw you on Sunday in your outfit and I was like, whoa, Danny. Right? That's a non sweater. It's not necessarily a Santa Cruz no. pastor, but I understand the dynamics at your church. Yeah. And I'm like, this will be perfect for 60 plus. Yeah, it's great. So I, I wore my pastor uniform. <laughs> But no, my job there was the equipping pastor. Okay. And so um, I first came there. I'm like, the church, half the church is like 20-something-year-olds. Yeah. And I'm like, this is like camp staff. I love these people. I, I, I work with that generation like falling off the log. So easy for me. Yeah. And the leaders, they're like, no, that's not what we want you to do. I'm like, no, serious. I'm really good at this. And they're like, who cares? This is what we need you to do. We need you to work with people your age to work with them. Uh-huh. So they had me start up this big mentoring program, and we had like... I don't know, five, 600 people involved in mentoring, you know, the older wow. folks, middle-aged folks and mentoring all these 20 somethings. And it was fabulous. So you were like the equipping pastor. Yeah. So I taught classes like we had alpha there and life with God, these um, kind of theology classes. And um, I don't know where I heard this rumor and maybe just when I was at the well, you guys had this thing for your seven o'clock service or maybe five, like where you had food trucks come. Yeah. And I, I was told that that was your idea. I like don't know you, about that. You came up with that. I mean, I have a lot of ideas. I mean, I maybe said it to somebody okay. and then I did it. I mean, yeah, that yeah. could be true, but yeah, because there's a lot of camp ideas work at a church like that. Totally. Where ch- if the church is like that, they don't, they're kind of young and they don't really totally know what they're doing. Yeah. They're free to Do crazy that. ideas. Yeah. And, and actually Rock Harbor very much knows what they're doing, but, but they don't yeah. have a lot of boundaries to stuff, especially that Sunday night church. It was like, Boom, you man. could do whatever you wanted. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So food trucks, dude. I, I remember being at the well, and we had heard about that, and I was like, "Oh, gotta get food trucks." And then we like, couple, like a year later or whatever, we ended up doing a service where there was a bunch of food trucks. Nice. I don't think stuff. it worked the first few times at Rock Harbor. I remember thinking, like, if that was my idea, I don't know if it was a good <laughs> you, one. You don't want to claim it at the time. I don't know. And then, and then I think food trucks got to be really, you know, they're really cool now. Yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> so you then all of a sudden you're back in Santa Cruz. Yeah, so uh, we're at Rock Harbor. It's going pretty well. I mean, I love being there. It's a big church. I, I, I like the role that I had. Um, but Isaac really missed Santa Cruz. Isaac's your youngest son? Yeah, youngest son who loves biking. And he was um, just getting in high school. And our girls were at Sierra, was headed off to Westmont. And Summer was in her senior year. And the church, the one I'm at now, High Street, um, some folks from there contacted me. And they said, you know, your family does really well in Santa Cruz, which you consider this role of pastoring up here. And we were like, we love Santa Cruz. We, what was your connection there? Uh, we had actually even been there. Some of our friends went there. Um, so I knew of the church and you know, Santa Cruz is not big. A lot of man yeah, yeah. people went there. And so I knew of the church and they had been through a lot of bad stuff and I like yeah. to fix things and help <laughs> people. And so, uh, we, yeah, we took the call and went for it and moved up. Nice. So that was four years ago. Yeah. About four, four and a half years ago. 
Because when I moved into town, you hadn't been there very mm-hmm. long at all, right? Mm-hmm. Probably. Um, yeah, because I think Rob Patterson was leading worship for you guys yeah. in the early days. Yeah. And how, how far along? I mean, Tyler moved not too long after he you He came in town. after a couple years. Okay. Yeah. What was the first couple of years like? It was hard. I imagine yeah. so. It was two services, like an older service, kind of like what's going on here. And yeah. then um, I wouldn't say a younger service, more like a middle-aged service that thought they were younger. Uh, you know, like a, they, they like, we, we play new music and their music was from the 90s, you know. And I'm like, well. And, and granted, I just came from Rock Harbor where they're writing the new stuff. and. Oh, yeah. So it wasn't I current. I cannot imagine Rock Harbor to <laughs> High Street Church. Yeah. But it is Santa Cruz, which is a progressive town. Yeah. So it was hard. And then we just, we just you know, again, I'm committed to a church being unified. And we did get a lot of kids from the college come down. So right. So it was like this big mix. And so we started our mentoring program that I had at Rock Harbor. We had the service move to just one service instead of like, this service has 45 people. This per- service has 65. And it was ridiculous to me. Sure. So you, one of the two groups kind of had to give. Nah, they both had to give. They both had to give. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody was going to be unhappy. (laughs) Yeah. It's because, hey, we're we're either, I felt like the church was either going to split and die or come together and be unified. So I I tried to, you can't please everybody, but I said, hey, you know, I want to try to take care of everybody. And so we, you know, we did a mixture of worship styles. That's probably the hardest thing. And then just one service together and they've really come together. Yeah, they really, you know, the people that weren't up for that left the church and, you know, people, on, ask that. Yeah, people on either believe. side of the issue, they would say, oh, you're being too much like this group and the other, well, these people think I'm being too much like them. Yeah. And, and I just tried to do what I felt like God wanted us to do. And, it, and this sounds terrible, but like, what do I have to lose? I mean, yeah. I, I would lo- lose a job, which is lame, and, but I've been there before. <laughs> it's like, no, you just, you do what God wants you to do. And, and this church maybe wasn't going to make it anyway, so... I mean, they hired you. They weren't going to let yeah. you know after a couple of months. You never know. But they hired you to change things up, right? Yeah. Yeah. Bring unity. It wasn't as much change, but bring unity. And now, okay. we're, now, we're, now we're kind of more in the phase of how do you change and grow and be, be more current. And, and that's, that's a whole different set of hats. Did you go there when you used to live back We here? went there for about eight months. Okay. Yeah. And more Maria went there. You'll know this as a camp guy. Is when when working in camp, I only go to church like half the time. Totally. Either I'm just too tired, or or I'm doing something. I'm visiting some other church, or speaking, or teaching, or who knows what. So I didn't really go to church half the time. <laughs> so Maria would more go, and they had good stuff for their kids. So when I say we went there for eight months, I probably went ten times or something. Sure. Well, you... In the summer, you don't go at all. I didn't. Yeah, I'm, I'm learning like camp and church is just it's, it's tough. Just different beasts, but but. Uh... Yeah, we started going to Twin Lakes for the first couple of years when we moved out here. And I felt like I had to be, you know, Twinkie every time I was there on Sunday. Because yeah. if I didn't see a yeah. camper, I would see a staff member. And if I didn't see a staff member, it was a junior staff member. And then go back to my Camp Hammer days, you know, I had to be this, Got even more. Got even more people from Twin Lakes. And I just was like, I can't, like, can I just enjoy the church? Yeah. You know? So we go to Rob Patterson's church now. Nice. No one knows me as Twinkie or Potsy. It's just like I can just be present. And it makes me kind of want to go to church a little bit more. Yep. So, and yeah. especially over the summer when I, I actually need refreshing, but I used to be so fried and I didn't want to have to turn the switch back on just no. to go to church. And you're skilled and capable and trained, so they want you to lead this or lead that. And you're, Definitely. you're like, no. <laughs> Why don't you come to camp and lead this and this and this for me? Yeah, and exactly. we can talk. Yeah. And Rob's great pastor. I mean, it's you're great. at a great spot, great people there. And, that's really good. 
um, we had several of our junior staffers and, and kind of kids, they used to go to the high street mm-hmm. youth group. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, so now who's the youth pastor? There? So yeah, now the What's youth the pastor is Michael Cahalan. Okay. And he was an intern at Mount Hermon, worked at Pondy. And so Sierra, our oldest daughter introduced me to him and, oh, cool. and sa- I, I said, Hey, we're looking for a part-time youth pastor, you know, small church. We don't have a full job, but yeah. it's a great opportunity. And, um, so yeah, he applied for the job. Great fit. He works part-time at Mount Hermon doing their rope stuff. And, oh, perfect. And he's like, uh, he, you know, a camp person. I'll say this to your, if, if your audience is camp folks, uh, you make great youth pastors, especially part-time because you can just come in like summer helped last year at our, our youth group with the junior high. And, yeah, yeah. And you just know how to do games. You know how to do Bible studies, you know, especially if the church isn't big, you don't have to run everything gigantic and the kids love it. So this guy, Michael's, he wants, you know, he's learning how to be a, a, you know, a church type pastor. But since he knows camp, you get tons of kids just from the neighborhood. Most of those kids, almost all of them know nothing about God, know nothing about church. And yet their parents are so stoked that they're at our church. Sure. Yeah. It's awesome. It's yeah. just, you know, but now our challenge is how do you get those kids to make the journey into church? Not like come be part of our church service, right. but, but like, how do we integrate you into the life of the church? Totally. Can I go back to something you said? Yeah. Uh, that the, you're one of the few people that have kind of done the both and mm. like the church and camping ministry. And so I started at camp, moved into church, church for a long time, and now I'm back into camp. And uh, one of the things you said is like, there, you gain so much as a staff member, you know, Ooh, even yeah. just a summer s- staff member. And I feel like what I gained as just like a counselor, the on the fly nature that you have to be as a counselor, you just have to think quicker, you know? Yeah. Um, man, that was like, I feel like I got the greatest experience before I became a youth pastor versus like those that go to school for four years and then get their seminary degree and then get into youth ministry. It's like, you don't even know what it's like to have junior hires just like (laughs) be terrible. Yeah. Um, was that like, was that transition ever hard for you? Like what's the harder camp to church or church to camp? Oh boy. There's a good question for you. Um, I think camp's just easier for me. Yeah. It just, yeah. Like when you work at camp, it's tiring. It's, it's more tiring than church. Like there's a heavy emotional toll at church. That's different. You know, a mantle of leadership there and just, you're with the same people and you know, their problems on a deeper level with them all the time. But totally. if you can get past the physical exhaustion of working at camp and I tend to be able to do that camp just makes sense. It's just, it's yeah. just such in your face. You have to do it. Um, you really, all of them, you have to lean on the Lord, but, but a uh, little bit more sprint, like, you know, like repeated sprints yep. and church is more, I don't know. I just, it doesn't come as natural to me. It, it's kind of like slower, more methodical and, Definitely. and, and, uh, there's part of that. That's very attractive to a camp person <laughs> slower. Um, but they're two different things. So I think I have a harder time transitioning into church. Yeah. I, now that I'm three years into this camping thing, full-time camping, I'm wondering if I might have the same mindset if I were to ever go back to a church mm-hmm. setting. Like the transition from church to camp was so different. You know, mm-hmm. like like you said, the like I would know these 80 kids in my youth group. I knew everything about them. I knew their family members, their younger brothers, you know, what their parents' problems were, you know. And here I know nothing about the kids. I know nothing about their parents. Yeah. Um, one thing I've learned, though, is that 
mean parrots kind of just follow you wherever you go in ministry. So <laughs> I haven't had that experience. Up at Ponderosa, you work with high school kids, and the parents, they're just so happy to get rid of their kid. Uh, they're like, you know, you go down to the kids' camp, and they're like, where's the nurse? What yes, are the rules? Yes. When are they going to bed? And the, the, you drop off a high school kid, who I, which I love. Yeah. They're like, thank you so much. And they're like, would you like to see the waiver form? Like, no. Perspective. We'll, we'll yeah. catch you later. They've done it like six years. Yeah. So they're, they're used to just sending their kid off to camp. But, yeah, the, the fourth grade parents and the youth group moms. Oh, I, yeah, I would be. But not when they get older. <laughs> you're just grateful. And, so you know, the, um, I was going to say the people that work in um, churches and go to camp, that's where they struggle is, is during the winter, though. Because yeah. they're not around. They're not getting that feedback. They're not doing hands-on in your face ministry. And I like those breaks. Not some people get depressed. I, yeah, yeah. I, I like even like not doing camps and you're doing budget for a month. You know, yeah. some people don't like doing that. And, and that's where they I prefer not to do budget for a month, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, but like a project totally for a while. Yeah. That's, that's usually like the November, December, January is like, you just can sit and brainstorm. What do you want the future to be? Yeah. Wasn't like that this year with all the transitions here, but in the last three years it was like yeah, and and it's typically like that. Yeah, yeah. So you did camp, you did church, you did camp for ten years, fifteen years. I would guess, yeah. What would you want somebody who's who's in camping ministry or you know wants to do camping ministry full time, all the above? What would you tell me starting out three years into camping ministry? Not sure if I want to do this long term. I got thrust into a job when two directors left. I enjoy what I'm doing. What do you want to tell me? Well, first, the Sunday school answer is just pray. Yep. I think walking with God and discerning, walking with other people and discerning that, it, 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 it will ground you to what you should do, what you can do. It helps pull out your dreams, helps give you vision for what the future should be. Um, I think doing a conversation like this is really helpful where you, you, you kind of learn from someone else's mistakes and someone else's joys. And you, in, in, when you know yourself, you're like, this is what I want to do. Cause, sure. cause there's going to be, there's no perfect spot. There's no perfect things. But if you say, okay, I know the winter is going to be long and hard in camp, then you can stomach it. Cause you love the summer and that kind of sure. thing. Or, um, I know the summer is long and hard, but I can get through it. You know, those kinds of things are the church. Here's the rhythm. You know what that those things are. I think knowing ahead of time makes a big difference and helps you and, and knowing yourself. Let me ask you another question. I can never please my summer staff. Uh, what do I do? Why are you trying to please your summer staff? <laughs> <laughs> or what does that mean, I should say? I think sometimes they feel like, you know, you're thrust into a leadership job. And I'm, I think I'm good at the leadership thing, but it's like... I'm supposed to make their problems mm. go away and be better and better prepare them for their next semester of college. Or I'm supposed to erase all drama from camp, mm. you know, and I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I can never do that. No, no, I don't think you can. I think, um, I think if they know that you love them and you want the best for them, that's which, you know, from all I've heard of how you're leading that, they do know that that that's a big, big step. Um, and that you're, you know, cause some, I've seen some camp directors in situations like they, they look at the staff as that they're there to be used. You know, you, yeah. people are to be used and, um, and that's Cheap not, labor. yeah, that's not the case at all. Is you're trying to develop these people because, and having been in ministry in camp so long, you see the, the, all, so many of these become pastors, amazing leaders in their churches and all kinds of stuff. 
So they're worth, worth the development, but the drama is, is part of it. The discomfort is part of it. It's a hard job and it's a hard, you yeah. know, as long as they can talk and, and then some of that pushback you get, I think is because we empower people, summer staff to do so much. They totally. see themselves as high-level leaders, they are. which they are, yeah. and so high-level leaders are, are critical, mm-hmm. and they think they can do it better, and sometimes they can. So you'll get more of that. I think it's healthy dialogue. It's frustrating for you because you'd like to just <laughs> say, hey, just do what I'm telling you to do. And But if you're really developing a leader that's going to be worth their salt later, they should be a little bit kind of like a teenager is with parents, you know, sure, a little sure. spicy. Yeah. That's because the teenager is supposed to grow and separate from their parents, and you just have them at that stage where there's conflict. I, I, I like the spiciness. I just want them to know I care about them. Yeah. And I'm not making them do something that, like, I'll push people to their limits. And I, I want them to be pushed to their yeah. limits, you know. They, that'll come out. Either yeah. you are or you aren't. Yeah, yeah. They'll see. And, <laughs> uh, then, you know, there's occasional person that can't see it or won't see it. And that's that's the way it goes. But have that happen. if you really love them, it will show. If you don't, it will show. Yeah, I'm trying to think back. I got two more things. I think the first time I ever met you in person, maybe, was like the day after I fired my first summer staff. Oh, gosh. Because remember I had to cancel you leading a... uh, Vaguely, yes. A a Devo that morning. Yeah. I felt terrible about it. (laughs) I wouldn't care. Um, All right. Second thing is... Oh, that's hard. It was brutal. As I... I wasn't my first... That was early on. I was like, yeah, week four, maybe. Yeah. So, first summer. Yeah. Um... So you did camp a long time. Yeah. How do you deal with, how do you sleep at night? I guess is my question. You, I've worked with now, let's just say 200 college kids, a small percentage of those people, not small, but I I don't know what the number is, but it, it doesn't seem like a huge percentage is actively pursuing the Lord even just three summers later. You know, mm. um, just based off of conversations or just where they're at in life or whatever. And I'm imagining, and then I look back on some of the teenagers I had at Twin Lakes when I was a youth pastor, like how do you deal with that? So you're saying a small number of your summer staff are actively chasing the Lord. Did I hear that wrong? Sorry. Uh, small number, I, I think are, are actively distancing themselves from the, okay. from the Lord. Yeah. Like out of 200, let's just say maybe 150 are still following Jesus. Yeah. Sorry, I did say that wrong. Yes. Yeah. The other like, way. That says, I don't think that's been your experience. <laughs> no, no, no. The You're in a hole. Yeah. Oh, how do you deal? Well, first of all, it's their choice. Yeah. You know, and it's like somebody said, well, even Jesus lost one of his sure. followers. I think that guy is so pretty So I just got to get the but, ratio down, right? Yeah. You got to work in your ratio. I mean, you should be sad. That's a sad thing, and it yeah. should affect you. And that's what when we work with people, there's a sadness. And you should look, hey, is there something I can do better or be better at? Um, I also think the age that you're dealing with, the, the majority of my work was with the staff at high, sc- uh, high school camp. So we were hiring a little bit older oh, staff. Yeah. yeah. And so they were also, I think, a little bit more set in their faith. And yeah, if you're yeah. hiring freshmen or just out of high school, um, they're still figuring it out a little bit more and, thing, yeah. and camp, I think captures way more than anything else. So you're yeah. still getting a high percentage oh, that totally. are locking onto their faith for good. But I think it is sad. I think they have free will. Um, I think yeah. you should care for them and stuff, but how do you sleep at night? Uh, ultimately that's God's, Yeah, you know, I God's think it, it sounds cold hearted, but I mean, you, yeah, pray for them and, and you should feel sad. Yeah. I think I like... That's really hard, though. I mean, that's awful when you hear a story that someone you really cared for and connected with and they... Or like people I worked with 
back when I was a counselor, I can't remember oh, any yeah. other counselor. I was like, oh, they're an atheist now. Whoa. Yeah. I, I spent a summer telling people about Jesus with that kid. So. I know. That's a hard, I don't understand that. And yeah. sometimes God pulls them back, but, but you know. Pray for them, huh? Yeah. And, and there's no guarantee that your relationship is between you and God. Right. And you don't know whether they were really, you know, inhabited by the Holy Spirit or not. You just don't sure. know. And, and we also get free will to make mistakes. Yeah. So, and I make plenty of them. Yeah, so. I do too. <laughs> I do too. Well, Danny, thanks for the time here, man. This is fun and easy. Oh, good. Well, I know you were worried that I wasn't going to be a good interviewer. <laughs> no, no, I no. Try. I tried. You are a great interviewer. I knew this would be good. You, cool, you have a lot of talent. I know you. I knew right when you were a camp director that you do a great job here. Oh, you, thank you. You're a fit. It's a good fit for me personally. I'm yep. just. I think I'm still dealing with just yeah some of the stuff I just talked to you about. I'm learning how to carry the burdens of <coughs> camp a little bit yeah still figure that one out so well in the big picture they're minor they really are yeah you, you got it nailed i i appreciate this conference of the 60s plus people there's a pastor here who's retired and older and i was just like man so many years and he's like mm. yeah great ministries you know some did some great stuff didn't do some great stuff you yeah. know just you can have so much more perspective versus like right now i want everything to be perfect i know to be perfect yeah yeah well, Danny, thanks, man. Appreciate it. And uh, hopefully you, you do a good talk tonight. All right? I'll, I'll give a good speech. All right, man. <laughs> All right, bye.